had my eye on you a long time, Doctor. I consider you one of my most valuable long-term investments. And when it comes to my investments, I always do my homework. How about that? A little bit of crazy train. Right? That's right. Why always, not? Always reminds me of Chipper Jones. <laughs> yeah, that was his walk-up, right? <laughs> I guess we all envision what our walk-up might be. I won't let you share that right now. Oh, maybe. come on. Maybe one day. Future show, we need yeah, to do that. What's your walk-up yeah. song? No doubt. Uh, you're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Casey Smith and Peter Lynch. All right, well... Um, you guys hear us talk about it all the time. Uh, we talk about the 10-year rule. We talk about financial planning. But we haven't often fleshed out exactly what all goes into this. I mean, we can answer specific questions here, there, and everywhere. But uh, we've got a situation we'd like to talk about this week um, with a couple. You know, often these are uh, uh, people that we've either had a situation and we've changed their name to, uh, I always say, protect the, the guilty. Um, but it's uh, Mario and Vanessa. They're mid-40s. Uh, they got AGI, which is uh, their income, adjusted gross income, around $200,000 a year. Children ages 13 and 9. And um, usually what happens is one or the other partner will take the control of the finances or interest in the finances. In this case, Mario takes care of the family finances, uh, household budgeting, budgeting and saving for retirement investing. He's heard us talk about the 10-year rule and our investment criteria for years, but really doesn't know how to make it work for his family. Um, they're saving for retirement. They're saving for the kids' college. Uh, they're investing excess money, but they don't have a plan. They're really just saving blindly. And now, you know, Casey and, and Peter, when somebody's young, that's usually what we recommend they do. Save your money. Yeah. Save as much money as you can. Do yeah. you need a financial plan? Yeah, your financial plan is save as much money as you can. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you do get older and you start running into these situations where uh, the question comes up, am I saving enough? Yeah. Well, I, the, the big answer to that is pretty complicated to answer, right? It can be. Uh, you know, and... The thing, I guess, that kind of dictates when you might need to start thinking about having a plan is when you know you're going to have some expense in the future that your cash flow won't cover. You may not know that your cash flow won't cover that, but you, you, uh, you know, in their case, they've got kids that are 13 and nine. Hopefully, it says they're they're saving for college, um, but that's an expense that's probably going to impact their. Uh, their finances in the not too distant future within right. within 10 years for the oldest one um, and probably for the youngest one as well so and i always say too it's never too early to start planning or too late if you get started later but uh, it, it's always a good time yeah, yeah you, you definitely can't plan too early so i mean right. what what is the 10-year rule really i mean we always talk about it on the show and it, it we always kind of break it down into a a couple of sentences and just say that it's planning for money that you need within the next 10 years for, from your investment portfolio. That money should be put in fixed income investments. Any money that you don't need in the next 10 years should be put into equity investments. And the reason being that equities tend to grow by a significant amount right. over inflation. While we can get you fixed income securities, theoretically, 
uh, as long as interest rates hold out, right. that uh, actually beat inflation and, and uh, protect your purchasing power. Yeah. But how do we figure that out? How much exactly. do you know what to save? So, well, so I mean, the plan is what it's all predicated on. Right. And so what what goes into the plan? It's really there, there's a couple of different ways you can do planning. Um, we tend to do more of linear cash flow planning for the purposes of figuring out what your 10-year rule looks like. What, how much of that money do you need within the next 10 years? And then we can derive an allocation off of that plan. So, so Casey, a person's spending is relatively stable, right? Yeah. So you can look backwards and see what they've spent over the last few years. In theory, yeah. I mean, how it, it's growing and any plans that they might have or perceived uh concepts of growth in their income and their spending. Yeah. I mean, their income goes into it. And a lot of people say, well, why, why do you care about what my income is today? It really just matters what I, what's my income in retirement. Well, if you're planning for college, you're probably not going to retire before your kids go to college or, you know, most people don't. So we really need to look at what is your income today? What do you expect your income to be, you know, projected out over the next, you know, several years? Um, how do we expect it to change? What kind of savings do you have? Are those savings going into 401k, tax-deferred money? Is it going into, pre, uh, you know, like a Roth, you know, tax-exempt? Or is it going just into after-tax savings and right. checking your savings account or into a regular brokerage account? And that's important because when the money starts being spent or you start doing the calculations, you also have yeah. to calculate where are you pulling it from? And that's important. So that you yeah. kind of prioritize your buckets, you know, between after tax, pre-tax, tax exempt. Where, where is it going to be the most beneficial place to pull the money that you need in the given year? Um, not only the timing of that or the tax, um, the, the timing is important. You don't want to yeah. have to be selling stocks in a down market. Right. Hence the 10-year rule. Right. right. And the 10-year rule, really, we, we talk about the 10-year rule, but that is a rolling 10-year period. So we're looking every year, you know, you, you live a year, you spend a year out of your 10-year money, and then you have to go look, do I need money in that 11th year, you know, the next year? And if so, then you need to look at selling equities to cover, to fill that 10-year bucket back up. Now, if the market's down or your assets that you would otherwise sell to fill that bucket up or have depreciated in value, maybe you don't want to do it. So the 10-year rule buys you 10 years to allow that asset to recover its value before you have to go sell it to, to get money to live off of. To um, replenish that 10-year bucket. Exactly. And it's really just matching your asset, which is the fixed income piece, that to your liability in whatever that year is. So you're really trying to figure out over time what are those liabilities going to look like and can I position an asset, you know, in a perfect or a, a more normal interest rate environment, we would ladder bonds for 10 years so that you have a bond maturing in the year you need the money. We don't necessarily do that in this environment because as we talked about earlier, the yield curve is a little wonky right now. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's the the theory and it's really – no different than what bankers do in terms of matching the assets and liabilities. Exactly. Yeah. Talking about uh, what goes into a financial plan, I guess to kind of wrap it into a big package with a bow on it, um, you have to figure out somebody's income, mm -hmm. their expenses, what they've been spending, their habits, which generally tend to die hard. Yep. Um, you project that into the future. If you have any known spending needs coming up, whether it be college 
a new house, maybe somebody's downsizing, so they get more assets into their plan. It's uh, you know it can vary widely, right? Yep. Uh, we we make that those assumptions, and then from there we try to put together a portfolio that matches their specific needs. Uh, with most of it, if we can, going into equities, and the reason being we want to grow your wealth. It's the it's the key to the. Uh, key to our existence really is to try to help you become wealthier. Yep. Um, and and uh, any money that is identified as being needed within the next 10 years, this is our 10-year rule, uh, wherein uh, if your income or a pension or something else doesn't cover those spending needs, then what we do is use your assets. We'll put them into a very safe fixed income uh, vehicle that matures with uh, the amount and timing that you need, and that is our 10-year rule. So, exactly. And it rolls, as Casey said, you know, years to come. Um, we, we make sure that all that's covered time and again, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to renew your financial plan on an annual basis, right? No, no. I mean, you, they're usually good for a couple of years unless there's been some changes that have happened. Um, Something but, significant. Yeah, I mean, anything that that would kind of reset what our allocation needs to look like or, or um, you know, major life events are going to impact your plan, obviously, and you'd want to get it looked at at that time. But even if nothing changes, we probably want to update it every couple of years just to make sure that you're still on track, uh, you know, update the values that we've got in there and make sure that, you know, we've, we've now moved a few years into the future, so we are have to extend that liquidity coverage for the 10-year rule, uh, make sure that, that that's being done and, that you can account for the next couple of years of spending. Um, you know, the, the other thing that's really nice about having a plan in place that we, we don't talk about probably enough is just it, it gives you an idea of whether you're saving enough or whether your your assets are going to last through your life expectancy. Right. Uh, the way that we do that in our plan is to, to run sort of a, an estimate of what we consider your maximum spending to be. So, in other words, if you were to spend at this level – then you would deplete your investment portfolio by the end of the year. You turn 92. We can adjust that year if necessary. Um, that's kind of the default we use. So we obviously know if you're spending at that level that you're spending too much. We typically like to see a buffer of 15, 20% below that maximum number because that gives us enough to uh, take into consideration deviations from the assumptions that we've made. I mean, these are projections. They're not. Uh, you know, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't yeah. know what might happen in the future. I wish we were more clairvoyant, but yes. uh, the reality is things change, and we don't always uh, expect the changes that are coming. Now, Casey, you mentioned uh, there are a lot of changes, um, you know, and, and quite often it's on a personal level. You know, mm -hmm. somebody loses a job, somebody gets mm -hmm. a better job, things of that nature. Inheritance. And okay. Exactly, yeah. New assets coming into uh, their control. Children getting married, children going to college. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Children. Different colleges. <laughs> yeah, having more children. I mean, there's loads and yeah. loads of things that can that can impact. The one thing that I will would like to talk about, uh, Casey, you mentioned it earlier in the show, um, and, and again, not being clairvoyant, we can, uh, we can look for triggers and look for changes, but, uh, the economy changes. Yeah. So yeah. what a financial plan is also meant to do is to try to keep you on a similar path, uh, no matter, especially with the 10 year rule, no matter what the conditions are behind the scenes on the economy, uh, we still have, uh, pretty, pretty good confidence over a 10 year span that uh, we're going to see growth yep. 
in the uh, in the S and P 500 in the market, the financial markets um, on the equity side. So still, you know, we'll we'll have clients say, "Well, you, I hear you talking about things getting rough. Is it time for me to sell all my stocks and go to go to cash?" I, the yeah. answer is always going to be no. I'm never going to tell you to sell everything and go to cash. Uh, one of the reasons being, I mean, obviously, cash uh, doesn't track inflation, and uh, that's that's really one of the major benchmarks that we look for, um, making sure that your purchasing power is protected to make sure that your uh, assets that aren't in equities are are actually performing well enough to keep up with inflation. Yeah, and that's why we do the fixed income the way we do. We, you know, our, our goal with that really is to just keep pace with inflation. Right. And if we're doing that and we're protecting that money, uh, you're not going to get a great return out of it. But if you're keeping up with inflation, you're maintaining your purchasing power, and that's the goal. Yeah, and, uh, and when you say you're not going to get a great return, actually everything's relative. You're not going to get a great return relative to the equities. Correct. If mm-hmm. you look at history, uh, you know, the stock market goes up about – Ten and a half half percent per year, dating back to 1925. Doesn't mean it's going to do it this year. I mean, we're already up 17 and a half percent, but nothing says that we'll finish 2019 up that much either. Right. Uh, and it could double. I mean, it, you know, the sky's the limit in some cases. Well, We've you, seen see, 30 you see plus that happening. I mean, 2017, you have a a big up market, right? 20 percent or so, and then last year we have a bit of a pullback. You know, it it, gen, it tends to average out at the ten and a half percent, but right. you don't get the ten and a half percent every year. It's exactly. going to be up and down. Right. Um, and and we don't really know the timing of any of that, and that's the reason that we tell people stay invested. Yeah. And that's Stick a big with your point. plan. Yeah. A lot of people are irrational when it comes to money and the markets. Right. You know, when we saw the big drop, like you said, almost twenty percent in December. Sure. People get scared and they think, is this it? Do I need to get out? Yeah. And if you did... Because it's always different, right? And this time is different. (laughs) Right. Well... Yeah. And if you did get out, now you've missed out potentially on a 17%. Yeah. And in in every recession we've seen since the business has been open, rather, uh, we've seen people... Uh, who do want to step aside, even against our our uh, advice, mm-hmm. and quite often it, the the problem is they don't get back in until they've missed a significant portion of the recovery. And you don't have to miss you know very many days in the market to lose out on a big chunk of your return. You know, there's yeah. been studies that show that if you miss out on you know the 10 best days over a 10 year period, uh, 10 year period, and you miss out on the 10 best days. <laughs> You could lose, you know, two thirds of your return. Right. Uh, and that is important, and that's why we say don't get out of the market because gener- generally those big up days are going to come after big down days. Right. And missing those, it can really hurt your your overall return. And that's our job as a planner or advisor to help you not make those irrational right. decisions. Exactly. And having a plan and knowing that your the plan provides for ten years worth of liquidity spending spending, what you need out of your portfolio then that should help you sleep at night sleep at night and and make those decisions because you say okay it helps us to to talk to clients and say look it doesn't matter that the market just fell you know five percent i mean it matters and you see it on paper but that's not money that you need to spend uh in the next 10 years so you're fine yeah and and you know like i say it's very emotional times usually when you start seeing declines in the market uh, it is when the phone rings here more often than not, yep. um, and uh, you have to do a little hand-holding. That's another one of the, the benefits of having a financial planner. They can talk you through uh, what they see behind the scenes, uh, you know, the fundamentals of the market, if you will, 
and uh, try to help you make sense out of what to do next, Mm -hmm. if anything. Quite often, uh, doing nothing is an active portfolio decision, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And markets do decline, but like you said, over the long term, the growth has been there. Yeah, and part of that, and people don't understand it, is inflation. Uh, It's the reason that uh, our Federal Reserve likes to manage to a 2% inflation. They don't want it to get too hot, but they do want to have inflation going forward. Uh, It tends to work through prices into the earnings of the companies that you own. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you're talking about an earnings multiple on uh, on a price, the price-to-earnings ratio, that's, you know, it's basically it multiplies that inflation by what, 10 times, 20 yeah. times at the moment, 19 mm-hmm. thereabouts. Right. All right. Well, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about some uh, financial questions. Listening to Money Talks. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.